Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. On this show, we're talking about settling in, taking life as it comes, and letting someone else lighten the load when needed. This show is about riding the wave and the wheelbarrow. You might find swimming upstream and waging a battle against the current the only possible way to survive. The thought of letting go, come what may, or not willing into existence everything you have, simply a pipe dream. But what if? Go on this fantastical journey with me. What if you stopped fighting and instead floated along with the current? Taking things as they come instead of worrying about what might happen if you aren't in control. What if, stay with me, you let someone else pick up the slack or start doing their share? Could you relax in the knowledge that all you have to do is focus on doing your personal best instead of saving the world? Ready to grab the float and pick up your feet? So if I said the words, go with the flow, what ideas immediately come to mind? It might sound peaceful to you, a pass, being let off the hook, an excuse to relax, a direct order to chill out, you're not in charge. It might elicit anxiety, a foreign concept where you relinquish your control, taking a step back, sacrificing structure for something more freeform. I've always thought of myself as easygoing, you know, a person who goes with the flow. Matt actually laughed out loud at this. He said I was anything but easygoing, and then referred to my lists, my need to have a divisive plan, my disappointment when things don't turn out as I expected, my need for control, blah, blah, blah. I tuned him out at that point, but he was right. I'm not easygoing. But I do think I'm flexible. I do well with change and can shift gears with ease. Okay, flexible. I'll accept that. What about you? How well do you go with the flow? Karen Young asks a great question and gives her ideas. Want to be happier? Letting go of these will make it happen. This was found on HeySigman.com. Happiness is as much about what we do as it is about what we don't do. We were born to set the world on fire, to live, love, learn, fall down, haul ourselves back up, and do it all over again. Above all else, we were born to be happy. Everything we need to do that is in us. There's a trap we humans fall into a little bit. Actually, a lot. I've done it myself once or a thousand times. We make the mistake of thinking that things that are completely within our control aren't. We fall under the spell of these things and they become automatic, unnoticed, and powerful. We don't realize the damage they do or that we can put an end to that damage as soon as we make the decision to. When times get tough, It's human nature to hang on harder to what's familiar, even if it's something that's doing damage. We don't realize it's a choice, but it is. So here is a list of things that hold us back. The more you let go of, 
the more things will change for you for the better. Number one, other people's opinions. You're enough. You've always been enough, good enough, wise enough, strong enough, brave enough. Enough to decide who's right for you, what's right for you, the best way to be, the best way to live. Your wisdom gets lost when you listen too much to other people and not enough to yourself. People will doubt you, criticize, and try to change your mind. Often, that has more to do with them than you. Bend and flex when it feels right. If you feel like you're doing it to keep someone else happy, leave it alone. Number two, having to please other people. Oh, there is exceptions. This life is yours to live, and it's up to you to cherish the opportunity that comes with that. It's the space you've been given to learn in, to love, be loved, flourish, and sometimes fall. Don't let anybody take that away by trying to control what you do with it. You will disappoint people, and they will disappoint you. But live to please everyone, and the person you'll be hurting time after time is you. Let your decisions be your guide, be your truth and your wisdom, and not someone else's conditions of acceptance of you. If these conditions are designed to suit anyone else but you, then it's not acceptance, it's manipulation. Every time you change for someone, you move a little bit further away from your authentic self, and that wild, open heart of yours becomes a little more tamed, a little more contained, and you become a little more removed from your true self, that one that was born to set the world on fire. Number three, saying yes to everyone and their cousin's neighbor's mother. If you're saying yes to avoid saying no, it's probably not the right thing to say yes to. The more things you say yes to, the things that you don't want to do, the less room you'll have to say yes to the things that actually matter. Number four, anything that stops you asking for clarification, time, help, patience, understanding, space, anything. You're human. You'll need all of these things at some point or another in your life. Sometimes you'll need them all at once. And you're entitled to them. Remember that. If there's shame around asking for it, whose voice is telling you that you shouldn't need it? A parent's? Someone you're comparing yourself to? Someone you've been compared to? Who? It doesn't matter if you can't figure it out. What matters is that you recognize it's not being on your own. Let it go. It's a sign of great strength and wisdom to be able to ask for what you need when you need it. If you're not used to it, it will feel awkward at first. But that doesn't mean it's not right. And the more you ask, the easier it will get. Number five, let go of judging, criticizing, complaining. And if you're about to skip this because uh, you have never done that to anyone, including yourself, come on. We all get it wrong sometimes. You don't want to be one of those righteous judgmentals who criticize and condemn someone because their faults are different than yours. If the urge is there, and at times it will be, check in and see where it's coming from. Are you comparing feeling insecure, jealous, all of those are okay to feel, but be careful how you act on them. We've all lost, loved, wanted, 
and bent over with grief. We've all been hurt, misunderstood, and rejected. For some people, it's been too many times, and it's changed them. That doesn't mean you have to like them or accept them, but don't add to the punches. Step quietly around and remember that we all want to be accepted, understood, and loved. And if that's someone you're criticizing and judging as you, then this all goes double. You can't expect to set your world on fire when you're smothering your spark with trash talk. Number six, excuses. It's our right as humans to stuff it up, fall apart, and get it wrong sometimes. You don't need to make excuses. An apology, perhaps, maybe an explanation, but never an excuse. You're better than that. Don't shy away from your own humanity by pretending you don't struggle with the same things we all struggle with. Number seven, letting idiots, jerks, and toxics change who you are. There will always be those who will try to dim you, and that will have nothing to do with you. If you find there's someone in your life whose words or actions lead you to doubt that you're good enough, smart enough, capable enough, beautiful enough, then it's time to let go of them, what they think, and what they mean to you. Number eight, thinking only the big things should be celebrated. Life happens in moments. It's never about the big things, but about the small things that add up to something extraordinary. Celebrate those moments, however small. You'll know them because they'll leave you feeling inspired, hopeful, excited, brave, or strong. You won't always see the importance straight away, but you don't need to see the final picture in its splendid completion to appreciate the parts that added up to make it happen. Number nine, talking shutting down, or getting busy, when it would be best to listen. Every single person you meet knows something you don't, even the idiots who would sooner see you fail. Listen to everything before you decide that none of it's worth knowing. You've got nothing to prove. You don't need to be smarter than they are, bigger or better, funnier or wiser. You just need to listen. The rest will take care of itself. You'll always have more influence with people if they feel as though you've heard them. Number 10, the need to be right. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. Who had us believing that there was anyway? Sometimes it's the only way you can know what's right. Better to put it out there and to test it than to believe in the nonsense long term. Have faith that even if you're wrong, you had a good reason for believing it in the first place. Then be comforted by the fact that you are brave enough to let it go. It's the fear of making a mistake that keeps us stuck in bad jobs, bad relationships, and around people who are bad for us. Don't worry about being wrong. Worry that you'll hang to wrong for so long that you'll never realize how right things can be. Number 11, holding back. Vulnerability is the key to great relationships and a wonderful life, but too many times we hold back. With people, with ideas, with ambition, with what if. We don't take enough chances, and it's the fear of shame that holds us back. 
That fear is a dirty little liar. The truth is this. When it's the thing or the person that you can't stop thinking about, you know the one. You'll always have more to lose by staying safe than taking a chance. By staying safe, you'll never experience shame, but you'll never experience how great you could have been. And that's a huge loss. Be daring, be open, and don't hold back. You're here to fly, to love, to be loved, to flourish, to succeed, to grow, and to knock this world off its feet. Number 12, the need for control. I heard something once. And I draw on it often when I need courage or the strength to take a risk. Fall back and let the universe catch you. By needing to control things, you're missing the opportunities that show up spontaneously and unexpectedly. Let go and see what happens. This has become my mantra. I've seen what happens when I do. Doors open, paths widen. When you're doing what you're meant to be doing, things open up. They just do. Number 13, the resistance to change. Our paths are never straight. They'll be sometimes bendy, sometimes smooth, sometimes clear. Sometimes potholes will be so deep that you'll fall into them in the glaring sunshine and hit the bottom in the dark. But there's always a way up. One thing's for certain, at times the direction of our paths will change and sometimes it will be unexpected. If fighting it keeps pushing you backwards, try going with it and see where it takes you. Change is the fuel for growth and flourishing. The scariest part of making a change is that moment just before the leap. But once that leap is taken, you'll be surprised with the doors that will open and the opportunities that will find you. I'm not saying that it will always be easy. Things that are worth it rarely are. I'm saying that it will be worth it. When the path keeps getting blocked, your heart keeps getting broken, or the things you do keep pushing you down, it's time to let go of trying to control or change whatever it is that's hurting you. You can always change direction or change the path that you're on. We're up to number 14, regret. At some point in time, every decision you made felt like the right one to be making based on the balance of information that was available to you. That doesn't always mean it was the right one. (laughs) So learn from it. Move on from it and decide not to go back there. Whatever you do, don't get stuck in it by regret. It will chew you up from the inside out. Number 15, blame. Sometimes people do awful things and they can't control what you do from here on out. Forgiveness isn't about making everything okay, but it's about letting go of someone's control over you. Letting go of those things can be hard and there's no need to let go of all of them all at once. Start with just one and see what happens. Only good things can happen when you kick the stuff that weighs you down not the least of which is freeing up energy and options for things that will flourish you. And there are plenty of those things waiting to take hold. So think about it. The waves are coming in, pounding the beach. What do you do? Stand there and take it? Pushing against them, getting the wind knocked out of you, standing up when you can, and going at it harder the next time. Or do you let the wave carry you? 
weightless over the swells and down the beach as you look up to the clear sky without worry as to where you will eventually come to shore. Ah, that would be nice to be that trusting and vulnerable. The visual of that sounds so hopeful and peaceful. Then why do we panic and paddle with all our might in the opposite direction, convinced we have control over everything, even the unseen? Acknowledging your power doesn't always mean being forceful. It can be the power to understand what's needed in any given moment, knowing when to push and when to be carried. Imagine a wheelbarrow. One wheel, two handles. A wheelbarrow doesn't have a steering wheel, pedals, or brakes. It's powerless for the passenger. All the control goes into the hands of the driver. How do you feel about climbing in, arms and legs, hands and feet, taking a rest and letting someone else lead the way? Cynthia Kane gives us six ways to let others help you, found on Bustle.com. You might have grown up watching women refuse help because they could do everything on their own, or watching men refuse help because they were fine by themselves. From these scenes, you might have learned that someone offering help deserved an eye roll, and someone accepting help was weak. If we know that doing it all on our own is impossible, why do we make ourselves miserable trying? Is it because we want to prove to the world that we're capable? To show that we don't need anything else, we're fine on our own? Or is being good at everything something we strive for because we think we need it to be respected or successful. In an article on CNN, Brene Brown, author of Daring Greatly and a research professor at the University of Houston Graduate College of Social Work, wrote, perfectionism is a 20-ton shield that we lug around thinking it will protect us when in fact, it's the thing that really prevents us from being seen and taking flight. So how do we let go of this want need to be everything to everyone all the time and to do it all on our own? How do we become open to help and start seeing the positive instead of the negative? Here are some suggestions. Shift your perspective. Watch a movie like Avengers and you'll see all of these superheroes coming together to help save the world. Although in the beginning, none of the superheroes are too thrilled about sharing the spotlight, when they realize that together they could create something even greater than they could on their own, everything changes. In life, we see ourselves as these individual entities who accomplish feats on our own. But imagine what life would look like if we collaborated a little more. We can shift from seeing help as negative if we focus less on what it's taking away from us individually and more on what it's creating globally, socially, and on a bigger level. Knowing your worth. See if this sounds familiar. When I'm not comfortable, I usually get defensive. Or when I'm around people who make me feel like I don't know what I'm doing, I often try to show off. This feeling of not being good enough is the fuel that moves us to try and do it all on our own. We want to show others that we can fix the running toilet or soothe the crying child. We want to prove to ourselves that we aren't worthless. 
So how do we learn our worth? To know what we deserve and to understand that who we are is enough, we have to learn that we are doing the best we can. We aren't perfect because we're human. And at the end of the day, all we have left is ourselves. That's why we should be the ones patting ourselves on the back, saying nice things to ourselves in the mirror, listening to ourselves, and respecting our wants and needs. To feel valuable, we have to treat ourselves as worthy. New York-based psychotherapist Susan Solomon says, Most people find it difficult to ask for help. If we're paralyzed by shame and powerlessness, we feel undeserving of help, unworthy of connection and suspicion of other people's motives. The more you know and believe in who you are, the more open you'll be to letting others help you because you'll no longer see accepting help as evidence of your flawed character. You'll just appreciate the extra hand. Know what you believe. This sounds like an easy one, right? Most of us think we know what we want, but then when we're asked a question like, which frame do you like better or do you want the blue or red, we're paralyzed by indecision. We make choices, even the most minor ones, based on what we believe in. So if we're having a hard time making a choice, or we do and then ask every person we know what they think, We aren't really sure what we believe in, which means we may not know what we stand for or need. If we aren't clear on what we need, then it's possible that when someone offers to help, we feel overwhelmed, unsure, or too much pressure to make decisions. Know your strengths. In their book, Now Discover Your Strengths, Doctors Marcus Buckingham and Donald O'Clifton write, globally only 20% of employees working in the large organizations we surveyed feel that their strengths are in play every day. Most bizarre of all, the longer an employee stays with an organization and the higher he climbs the traditional career ladder, the less likely he is to strongly agree that he's playing to his strengths. What this means is that companies are operating at only about 20% capacity. In other words, we must pay attention to what our strengths are because, as Buckingham and Clifton wrote in their book, you will excel only by maximizing your strengths, never by fixing your weaknesses. So the focus, ding, 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 is on what you're good at. And we're up to know when to ask for help. One of the ways to let others help us is to ask for help that we need. Gosh, it seems like such an easy concept, but so difficult. To be successful, you have to take risks. And one of those risks is the willingness to risk rejection. This writes an author and motivational speaker, Jack Canfield, in his book, The Success Principles. Just by being willing to ask, you can get a raise, a donation, a room with an ocean view, a discount, a date, a better assignment. Canfield says to make a list of the things that you want that you don't ask for at home, school, or work. Then by each one, put how you stop yourself from asking or the fears that are holding you back. Then write down the benefit you would get if you did ask. Listen, 
When I start to hear advice on what I could be doing differently or better, I sometimes stop listening because all I hear is criticism. Does that sound like you? But if you pause and tune in to what your friend is saying, it might be easier to understand where they're coming from and what their intentions are. When we're feeling open and vulnerable, we have the ability to take in the gifts of wisdom, compassion, and support from those surrounding us. Most of what we need to let others help us out is a clear understanding of who we are and what we're capable of. When we have a strong sense of who we are and what we're good at, it's easier to listen to others' advice or guidance. Only when we're secure in our own identities can we really see help as an opportunity instead of a signal that we are inferior. Have you ever heard all good managers delegate all responsibilities? I bet in the same breath you're thinking, yeah, but it's easier to just do it myself. Then I know it gets done and to my standards. Listen to yourself. To your standards? Maybe that's a bigger issue, but your expectations are your expectations. Waiting for others to live up to them will produce anxiety, disappointment, and surely heartache. What if you could effectively communicate what you want and need and then let others do their best? Would that be good enough? Kisha Dingle is an entrepreneur master filmmaker, trainer, and life coach, as well as the founder of Visionary Legacy Project. She struggled with perfectionism and gives us her thoughts in The Perfectionism Cure, how to stop trying to do everything yourself. Are you always struggling and trying to do everything and to do it right? Are you tortured by the fact that no one seems to understand what you go through on a daily basis to hold it all together? In fact, does it seem like no one even cares? Guess what? As you already might know, you're a perfectionist. But here are five habits to help you rid yourself of perfectionism. Many creative people are trapped in their own perfectionism and very reluctant to let go. The lie is that this gives you a creative edge, that you have a drive and a passion that no one else has, and if you let go of perfect... That edge goes with it. This simply is not true. And its core, perfectionism is a cover for the fear or shame of our work not being good enough. Instead of acknowledging the worry that others may not like what we produce and cultivating acceptance of our unique selves, we keep ourselves on the treadmill by either overproducing and never being done or procrastinating and never putting our work out to be judged. Neither one is a balanced and healthy approach to living a full life where you maximize your potential. Kisha says, as a recovering perfectionist myself, I know intimately the fresh hell that perfectionism brings. It's the reason I'm so committed to doing the work with creative professionals, especially those in the film industry, where this kind of thing festers and rots away at our personal lives and relationships. It's a cycle that usually goes like this. First, we hold ourselves to some impossibly high standards. Second, we break our behinds trying to achieve said standard, all the while making it look effortless because it's supposed to be, right? Third, we're all freaking pissed at everyone who tells us to calm down or slow down, take it easy. 
Four, we inevitably crash and burn. Sometimes it's a mild brush fire. Other days, it's a full-out, four-alarm destruction that burns for days and takes out everything in its path. Then we start all over again. Oh, but we make the standards even higher now because we're mad at ourselves for screwing up. Then we get tired of that. We just give up altogether and slink off into our corner and lick our wounds. Exhausted yet? I was. And I'll be honest, I could not, would not stop until I had a complete and total physical meltdown. Kisha said my body finally collapsed one too many times and my health really started to take a dive on me. I had enough of a crack of consciousness about me to know that this was a dangerous and unsustainable path. She says I was finally able to find the will to learn how to slow down, look around, and get help. I wasn't necessarily happy about it. As dysfunctional as our patterns are, many times we are reluctant to stop them just because it's all we know. So here are Kisha's five best tips for how to overcome perfectionism. Number one, accept the fact that you are not the only person on the planet that can do anything right. It's just simply not true. I know it's hard to believe sometimes, but it is my duty to give it to you straight. One of the most effective things you can do if you want to stop doing everything is to seek and get help wherever possible. It doesn't have to be paid help if you can't afford it. No excuses. Trade. Exchange services. Train someone who wants to learn something that you know how to do in exchange for help. Whatever it is, just reduce the list of tasks on your plate. If you can't do it professionally, do it personally. But you have to start. And when you let a task go, let it go. Don't keep one hand in the pot. Use your energy for what's most needed. Number two, redefine your standards. Here's another hard truth. Perfectionism is a crappy, poor standard. I know in the midst of it, it seems as if you have ridiculously high standards that even you can't maintain, right? (laughs) But here's how it really works. When you never get it done, you never get it right. When you never get it done or right, you can never get it better. All the wheel spinning is keeping you from stepping back to evaluate your work and truly seeing how and where it can be better. It's like painting a picture two inches in front of your face. You never give yourself the opportunity to be done, so you can first appreciate your work and then really give it that critical, non-judgmental eye you need to get better. Instead, we just collapse to the finish line and have the paintbrush pried out of our hands, frantically looking for a new canvas so we can keep working and never looking up. Number three, focus on why you're doing something, not what you're doing. Many times when we're deep in the throes of our perfectionist ways, we're concentrating on what we're doing and we lose perspective on everything else. The task itself is all-consuming, and it seems like nothing is more important. 
One of the best ways I've learned to pull myself back from this brink is when I find myself in that zone to ask why I'm doing it. When you ask yourself why you're doing something, you can honestly gauge whether what you're doing is actually important and if it's where your energy is best spent. Kisha said, I used to never be able to enjoy any party I threw because I was so worried about getting something wrong or running out of food or not scrubbing the corner of my baseboards that I would spend the entire party in the kitchen prepping and stressing out over whether my guests were having a good time. My guests would inevitably crash the kitchen and try to shoo me out to the actual party where all I would do was find something else that needed to be done or find my way back to the kitchen, rearranging platters and so on. The point is, I could never enjoy the party. Now, if I find myself in a moment like that, or even when I feel the fever coming on, normally in the grocery store when I'm planning what to do, I ask myself why I'm doing something. What's more important that I impress my guests with how delicious my freshly whipped cream is, or that I spend time with people I care about in my home? sharing stories, and connecting about what's important. When you catch yourself and ask why, you can breathe some space and perspective into your actions. Number four, learn to set realistic goals that you can enjoy achieving. Perfectionists have an unrelenting belief that we must set goals that are higher than everyone else and we somehow must not enjoy the process of meeting these goals. It's no wonder we're miserable all the time and the people who live with us think we're crazy. Unfortunately, too often we set and reach for these unattainable goals and then beat ourselves up for being lazy, wrong, and stupid when we don't achieve them. We also never even contemplate that we're supposed to enjoy the journey of meeting whatever goals we've set. Bottom line is, unless your goals are specific, measurable, and attainable, you will cultivate misery in the process of trying to get it all done. You'll also cultivate the dangerous habit of training your mind that when you're trying to do something, you will always fail. Since most of our time is spent in the pursuit of our goals, we have to make a decision to enjoy the process of achieving them. Now, this doesn't mean that you're going to love every minute of every second of every day on your path, but you can have an attitude of appreciation for simply being on your path that changes the meaning and outlook of how you feel instantly. Number five, learn how to celebrate your success. One of the most miserable things about being a perfectionist is that you never, ever stop to acknowledge and appreciate the things that you've done right or achieved because you never feel good enough. Perfectionists tend to be hypersensitive to the point that they can't even accept constructive criticism over things they believe they've done wrong or constant highlighting and picking apart their faults it only leads to finding more faults. This destructive pattern only keeps their fears and worries dominant in their own thoughts and actions and leads to more perfectionism to cover it all up. It's a giant cycle. Celebration and gratitude have to be the most effective ways that Kisha has found to combat this particular cycle. 
She says, while my tendency used to be to brush off my accomplishments or achievements, giving credits to others and refusing to give it to myself, I'm now able to openly talk about both my failures and my achievements because I've done a better job of celebrating my accomplishments. I give myself credit when I break or change a negative pattern, when I see my children laughing, when I push through a fear instead of being stuck by it, when I manage to meditate for a full week, when I choose to speak my truth over playing it safe, when I write another post, when I seek to find and capture and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary in my life. It takes time, but slowly... The retraining of the operation of your brain kicks into gear and you start to see the effects of the conditioning on your day-to-day life. Perfectionism is nothing to be ashamed of, but recognizing how it affects your life and how it can serve to rob you of self-esteem and everyday joy makes it a worthy task to make some adaptations. You don't have to give up on your drive to achieve. And you can gain the effectiveness of being pulled towards your goals and not pushed out of anxiety and worry. You'll be able to actually reach your objectives and enjoy the journey along the way, which is the point in the first place, right? Visionaries must let go of the fear of criticism and dangerous inner dialogue that saps our creative energy and celebrate the process of courage and fulfillment that comes when we allow ourselves to just be who we are. Boy, we have covered a lot when we talk about riding the wave and jumping in the wheelbarrow, but I pulled together some key highlights to leave you with. Number one, we were born to be happy Everything we need to do that is in us. Two, you're enough. You've always been enough, good enough, wise enough, strong enough, brave enough, enough to decide who's right for you, what's right for you, the best way to be and the best way to live. Three, you will disappoint people and they'll disappoint you. But live to please everyone and the person you'll be hurting time and time again is you. Four, It's a sign of great strength and wisdom to be able to ask for what you need when you need it. Five, if you find there's someone in your life whose words or actions lead you to doubt that you're good enough, smart enough, capable enough, beautiful enough, then it's time to let them go. Six, acknowledging your power doesn't always mean being forceful. It can be the power to understand what's needed in any given moment. Number seven, Perfectionism is a 20-ton shield that we lug around thinking it will protect us when in fact it's the thing that really prevents us from being seen and taking flight. 8. We can shift from seeing help as negative if we focus less on what it's taking away from us individually and more on what it's creating globally, socially, or on a bigger level. 9. To be successful, you have to take risks, and one of the risks is the willingness to risk rejection. And number 10, most of what we need to let others help us is a clearer understanding of who we are and what we're capable of. When we have a strong sense of who we are and what we're good at, it's easier to listen to the advice and guidance of others. 
If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they are not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, take a time out, relax, and go with the flow. Let life carry you through the ebbs and flows. When in need, pull back and let someone else do the heavy lifting. Your strength is found within. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. Someone threw until the path was clear. That's when I found you. How I wound up here.